Welcome to the Well Community Church, helping people take their next step toward Jesus together. Welcome to Advent, the season where we celebrate God coming to earth, the light of the world, bringing light to the darkness. And as I've said earlier too, I love putting these series together. I love the creativity that we can have at this time of year. And as we start this series, Light of the World, um, I just want you guys to hang on to these paper candles that are on your seats. Uh, you should have a crayon and a paper candle, and I'm going to tell you what to do with that as a response at the end of this morning's message. But I had this thought of doing this series last year, and kind of this whole stained glass theme, but it just didn't fit. Last year, we were I want to say coming out of COVID, but I still feel like we're coming out of COVID. We were just going through the thick of it. And we were still meeting on Saturday evenings in the gym at the United Church. And the whole stained glass theme just didn't fit. And in fact, even our Christmas Eve service, we were having it in a barn. And I thought, well, that doesn't really give off the whole stained glass feel either. But then when this space opened up, I'm like, Maybe we can use this series this year to talk about the light of the world and the colors that we get to bring out to point others to Jesus. And when I was a kid, I grew up attending a church, Stony Creek Alliance, down the mountain on Highway 8. It used to be there, at least. But at the back of the stage were these, these panes of stained glass windows, and I don't know why, but they never had them lit. Like, they were just dark. Um, I might have seen them lit once or twice, and that's probably when we'd get behind there and turn on the switches and then get in trouble. Um, but I do remember just staring at these because we didn't have a kids program during the service. We had Sunday school before the service, and then we had uh, the, the main service. So I would have to sit through the pastor going on and on and on. So I started looking at the stained glass window and how it was all put together and the, the glass that complemented and contrasted each other. And it wasn't even connected to the outside letting light in. And I thought, that is strange. And the other thing that I heard was another church that had one and it actually did have it going to the outside and it had the words that said, Jesus is the light of the world. But the only problem was that the words were facing the inside so that those inside the church could see that Jesus is the light of the world. But for those living outside the church, it was just ineligible. And I think that's one of the problems we sometimes have to wrestle with that as we come together as the church, it can't just be about us. But it's about transforming us to go out and to let our community know and our world know that Jesus is the light of the world and that we are here to bring out those God colors in the world. So churches, we move toward Christmas. We need more than ever to be reminded that the gift of Jesus is the gift of God with us. And like I said, not just us, but us as in the world, us as in humanity, us as in that kind of person. 
the, the person that we're sometimes tempted to isolate ourselves from, the, the, the person that we might think drinks too much or cusses after a bad golf swing or smokes anything or has a tattoo or listens to rap music or has jeans with holes in them. I'm not calling it you, Sam. <laughs> Friends, Jesus came for that kind of person. Jesus came for us, the person who votes differently, for the rock stars and celebrities, the people of different cultures and ethnicities, people with purple hair and mohawks. Friends, the Christmas message isn't that Jesus came to give us a holiday. It's that Jesus came to be with that kind of person. He came to be with you and he came to be with me. So the question we have to ask ourselves this Christmas is, do we love people who are without Christ? Do we truly believe that Jesus is the light of the world, that he's here to bring light to all the dark corners of our hearts, of our minds, of our neighborhoods, and of our world? Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 3. There are pew Bibles uh, in the chair in front of you if you want to follow along. Now, the pew Bibles are NIV, and I will be reading from the message this morning because I just love how the translation helps bring this text alive. But as you're turning there, let me explain the context of this. The passage is part of what may be better known as Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus was attracting these huge crowds, so he decided to climb the hillside with his disciples, those who apprenticed to him and were committed to following him. And it's when he began teaching that you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. You're blessed when you care. Or blessed are those who are poor in spirit. You might be more familiar with that translation. But then we get to verse 13. And here's what Jesus tells his followers. He says, let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God isn't a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I've put you on a, there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God this generous Father in heaven. Friends, we are here to be light. You are a light bearer. Now, I love that imagery, and the first thing that comes to mind, I'm not a Star Wars fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I think of a lightsaber. Like, I'm a light bearer. Like, we get to do battle with the darkness. We get to bring light. And the word light bearer also kind of reminds me of the the phrasing of that we're image bearers, that at the beginning of creation, that it says that you and I are made in the image of God, that we bear his image. But it's when you become a follower of Jesus that you're filled with his Holy Spirit. You become a brand new creation and you are filled with light. You become a light bearer. 
you bear the light of Christ that is within you. Have you ever been told by someone, I want what you have? I know we talked recently in the series, Live Like It Matters, about this whole concept of it. And what is it when people say, you have it, or there's something about you. Friends, I think what they're saying is, I see a light in you, and I want that. I might not be able to articulate it perfectly. I might not be able to, to tell you exactly what it is about you, but I want what you have. I was recently talking to a guy on the phone, and he was telling me about his, his story of coming back to Christ. And it's powerful, but he said one of the best things is that these other guys that he worked and served alongside all started coming to him saying, there's something that's changed. There's something different. What is it? Tell me about it. And he's had opportunity after opportunity to share his faith with these other people who don't know Christ, but who are longing for it. They see the light. Do you remember when you first decided to follow Christ? When you entered into that personal relationship with Jesus? Because that's what it is. It's a relationship. There was this light that could be seen. As a youth pastor, one of the best things is helping kids discover a relationship with Christ. Because with kids, they wear their emotions on their sleeve, their hearts on their sleeve, and you know exactly where they're at. Adults, we're a little bit better at hiding it. Kids, man, I just love it. There's, there's this light that's bright, and sometimes their friends are like, whoa, what's gotten into you? But there's this life transformation and change that people see. It's visible. It's tangible. You could even feel it. You can feel the burn and the warmth of the light that's within you. Something was happening. But then with time, we get used to it. And we forget to fan the flame. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're a follower of Jesus, the pilot light's still on. It hasn't gone out. There is a flicker, but it's not as bright as it could be. You are a light bearer of Christ, but here's the reality. If you're not spending time with Jesus, if you're not close to him, if you're not taking time to talk to him and to listen to him, then you won't be able to bear much light. The pilot will still be on, but think about how much brighter you could burn. Think about the passion, the joy, and the hope, and the love that you could be experiencing and extending to others. So friends, as light bearers, let me encourage you to draw close to the source of light. Draw close to the light himself. Draw close to Jesus this Christmas. And then let your light shine. Amanda and I have recently gotten back into watching Survivor. Uh, believe it or not, it's still on. We're watching the current season. It's season 43. This started in uh, 2000, and uh, it is still going strong. And the one thing Jeff Probst, the host, says over and over at the beginning of the season as people enter tribal council is behind each of you is a torch. Go ahead and grab one, dip it in, and get fire. This is part of the ritual of tribal council because in this game, 
fire represents your life. And when your fire's gone, so are you. And that's when people come up, do the walk of shame, and they're like, the tribe has spoken. And they walk off. <laughs> fire equals life. Light equals life. Friends, we've been designed to be light bearers. And Jesus tells his followers in Matthew, if I make you a light bearer, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Friends, that light represents life. If you're struggling right now and just having a hard time of how to make sense of things. Perhaps you've wandered a little too far away from Christ, from the source of life. Because he's saying, you know what? I have made you a light bearer. I have filled you with my spirit, and I want you to shine for everyone to see. I want you to shine bright. Don't be embarrassed about it. You have what people need what people are longing for and desperate for. You have the light of Christ within you. I think sometimes growing up in a Christian household and kind of being around church my whole life, it can be hard to not be embarrassed about it. And what I mean is that we start seeing kind of the nuts and bolts or the underside of Christianity and we see some of the backstabbing and pettiness and the different stresses and we think the world sees that but really the world wants to know that what we're saying is true they they want to see life change and I used to be embarrassed even of telling people that I was a pastor Sometimes it's still awkward if I'm on the golf course with them and they've been swearing their head off for the first nine holes. Other times it works in my favor and then I throw off their game when I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a pastor. <laughs> but I think sometimes we can be embarrassed about actually sharing what God's doing in our life. So we're like, oh man, like they, they might not agree, they might not believe the same, but I've discovered more and more that as I just bring it up in conversation and say, hey, like it, it's been amazing what God's been doing in my life lately or how he's provided or healed. Or, and people actually want to know more. My neighbors have been asking more and more and great questions. Even my Muslim neighbors, it's, it's amazing. He knows I'm a pastor and he'll always ask. He's like, so what are some of your texts that you go to? And what do you study? Do you ever study the Quran? And I'm like, well, no, I don't study the Quran, but I have read some of it before. And, and we, we have conversations about these things. Because sometimes it's so easy to say, oh, well, they're Muslim. I'm Christian. Let's just keep our distance. Let's just keep the peace. But Jesus is saying, no, let your light shine. They need it just as much as we do. You have the light of Christ within you. This past Wednesday night here at the church, the women's study was just about to get started, and a woman from the community came running in. 
She came running into the building in her socks with some cuts and scrapes and blood on her hands, and she claimed that she was being attacked. So the women welcomed her in, they locked the doors, they called the police, and they called, Amanda called me, said, what do I do? I'm kind of thinking like, oh man, what do you do? Like, I'm at home with my sleeping kids, like you've called the police, like, yeah, hunker down, like, good, good choice. So, I just began praying, God, you need to protect them, there's nothing I can do. And the, the women, I guess, began praying too, and even began praying for this woman. The police showed up, they sorted things out, they took the woman back to her home and ensured she was safe, but when she was asked why she came to the church, she simply said, because the lights were on. Because the lights were on. Like, normally this is a dark place, we're kind of just on the outskirts of Binbrook, kind of bordering the, the country. And she said, because the lights were on. Guys, I, I, I think that's a perfect imagery for how we ought to live our lives. So that people who are in trouble and hurting and in need come running to us because the light's on. Because they know that we're a safe place. That we're going to provide care. That we're going to love them. I think about the wise men in the Christmas story, or the magi, if you're familiar with that term. But what did they see and follow? A star. They saw the star in the east, and they followed it, only to discover that it was shining upon the true light of the world, Jesus. And once they had seen Jesus lying there in a manger, the light of the world, they were filled with joy. They bowed down and they worshipped him, and then they presented him with their gifts. You see, lights help point the way. They help guide us. But nothing can be truly known through observation alone. We have to take the next step of participating. The wise men, they wanted to know God, and they were willing to move from merely observing this star to participating in the pursuit of light. The problem I have with the whole me and Jesus movement, the idea that, well, I'm just going to worship Jesus while I'm skiing at Blue Mountain, or I'm just going to worship Jesus from the comfort of my own couch. It's that we keep the light to ourselves. Can you worship Jesus while skiing? Of course. Can you worship Jesus from the comfort of your own couch? Absolutely. And I encourage you to do so from time to time. But we also have to come together as the church to let our light shine in the darkness. We've got to come together and share it to let our light shine because sometimes we need the help of others to fan our flame back into existence. When we're going through dark times, sometimes I need someone whose light is shining a little bit brighter to come alongside and say, hey, Kev, what's going on? How can I help you? How can I help fan that flame back into existence? Jesus says in John chapter 8, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Church, if we're going to let our light shine, we need to be close to Jesus. Because Jesus says, I am using you to bring out the God colors in the world. We get to do that. We get to bring out the God colors. The function of light is to help us see more clearly in the darkness. And Jesus' life not only 
helps us see our life more clearly. It helps us see the world more clearly. But friends, we also have a responsibility to help others see the God colors in our world more clearly. Sometimes it's even just merely pointing out what you see God doing that they're like, oh yeah, that's true. Like for example, you might be wondering why there's a blue on this wall. And it's because it kind of ties in with the whole stained glass thing. And the other reason is because when I took the blue off, Nick, who is here helping me set things up, said, kind of looks like the Mexico flag if you don't have the blue there. So I don't know if you're cheering for them in the World Cup, but uh, <laughs> you see, we all see things a little bit differently. And I love that because we need each other to see things differently. I don't want to be surrounded by people who see things only my way because then I will be missing out on a lot of other God colors that I can't see on my own. God has chosen us and is inviting us to shine his bright light into the world's dark corners, not simply to show up evil, but to enable people who are stumbling around in the dark to find their way. Did you know that Jerusalem was a city set on a hill? And it was supposed to be a beacon of hope to the world. But Jesus is now saying, you are to be like that too. We're taking this from a location and we're spreading it around the world. By following God's laws and this new way of life, he's saying we will be a light to the nations. And we get to help them discover the one true God that has come to this earth to be with us out of his love for us. And the remarkable thing is that Jesus brought all of this reality in his own person. Jesus was the light of the world, set on a hilltop, crucified for all the world to see, becoming a beacon of hope and new life for everybody who follows him. So I just want to leave you with a question to reflect on. Where does the world need light right now? And how can we, through following Jesus, provide it? Let me just close in prayer, and then I have a simple exercise for us to do as we reflect and respond to what God is saying to us this morning. But if you'll pray with me, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your light. God, I thank you for helping lead me out of the darkness. Although I grew up in a very great home, a Christian home, a home that loved and followed you, God, I've still had seasons where I've walked away. And I just thank you for all of the people that you put in my life and the situations that helped reveal the God colors in this world to me so that I could get my life back on track. God, for anyone who's just listening to this message this morning and just kind of feeling that their light isn't burning as bright as it once was, or as they long for it to be, I pray that you draw near to them. Help them to experience you this Christmas season. And God, I pray that you open up our eyes to the dark corners of our homes, our neighborhoods, our nation, and our world. 
and help us find ways of bringing light to these areas. God, fill us with your Holy Spirit and let us shine bright this Christmas season. In your name we pray. Amen.